Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. So if you would, turn with me to the book of Psalms, 143rd Psalm and the 8th verse. And just walk with me for a while. And I'm glad our kids are getting started having Sunday school this week. I'm excited for them on that. And we'll keep you in communication as to what's going on in the next few months of how we're addressing things and uh, hopefully some things to look forward to. Aren't you glad that God is good and that he is faithful and that you are here tonight? Amen. It says this in the book of Psalms, the 143rd, 143 Psalms 8. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. I want to talk to you about the way wherein I should walk. Lord, I pray that you help us tonight. And I pray that you speak to us, our spirits, our minds, our lives, everything around us and about us. And I pray that you baptize us with the Holy Ghost again, God. The Lord, it wouldn't, that it wouldn't be about our flesh and, and how we feel about it or what we want or what we even think sometimes, but it would be about your perfect way, God. For, for your word said, as for God, his way is perfect. So Lord, help us to, to come into agreement with that perfect way that you have for us in your word. And I pray, touch our minds and hearts. Anoint me and anoint this people. And thank you, God, for another opportunity to be in church. You blessed us so, and we trust you and love you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. Now, turn around and wave at somebody real big. Smile at them. Brother Peterson said, wink at them Sunday. If you are capable of that, that's up to you. Um, you may not be that talented. And then you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Routine, habit, just the way it is, just, just the way I am. Call it what you want, but that is each of us and that is all of us on a daily basis. We all have our habit. We all have our routine. We all have that which is just simply us. We all have a routine, a habit that we go through. For some, it might be the morning coffee that is to be before anyone is ever spoken to. Is that anyone in this place? There has to be coffee before there is ever dialogue. Is, there, is that anyone? No one? There's four or five. Thank you for finally being honest. Um, for others, it, it, it might be coffee or, or not, but just, just don't speak to me, period. Whether it's coffee, it's early. I don't talk to people early. Leave it alone. Uh, yeah, just, just go on. Whatever your routine or, or, or way you are, it, it's planned. It is, it is intended. It is purposed. It is protected. And it is followed. I am that way. There's a plan. I have a routine. I have a pattern. And I protect it. I protect it very carefully. Um, we conduct our life in such a way that, that really, in all truth, if we understand it, we are intentional about it. Certain habits and, and determinations are seldom changed or they are seldom uh, altered from. Uh, you, th you, th you throw a wrench in it and, and the entire day is out of step. We're no longer in time. We're no longer in sync because that is our habit. That's our routine. If we are so careful to plan and protect and produce certain things in our lives, should we not be as intentional and thoughtful about spiritual things as well? If we are so if we are so intentional, if we are so determined, we are so predictable in regards to the physical aspects of our life and the patterns and the plans that we follow, should it not be that we are just as intentional, just as purposed for the spiritual things? You've heard it said from this pulpit many times that living for God is not accidental, but rather it is intentional. I will echo it again. 
I'll try to set the nail just a little bit deeper so that we understand it. Living for God is not accidental. Living for God is intentional. Being spiritual, being godly is not just some feeling or some spasmodic response. It's not just some chill bump, bump that we feel and then, and then suddenly we get godly. It's not the case. Um, it, it's not something that we just stumble upon. Yes, there are moves of the spirit. There are times when the refreshings come. Uh, there are times that we hear something, see something, we, uh, we read something and, and, and we feel that leaping within the womb as John did and, and the word of God becomes alive to us. But, but for 90% of the time of our life, it, living for God, it's just about the intent of living for God. It's, it's the intentional plan. It's the intentional step. We, we are spiritual because we intend to be spiritual. If your home is godly, it is godly because you have determined that it will be godly. If you're going to have a, a, a spiritual perception, it's not going to be because all of a sudden it just tunes in. No, no. It's going to be because you have positioned and placed your life in such a pattern and such a process that you have enabled it to have the success that you are going to be spiritual and feel spiritual things and understand them. To, to be obedient, understand this, um, to be obedient is to be ordered. So look at what David said, if you would please, here in the word in Psalms 119, 133. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. This is one particular scripture and one particular prayer. I pray uh, on a daily basis. I try to do so. I pray this particular scripture on a daily basis in the morning time. Order my steps in your word. Let not any, any iniquity have dominion over me, God. Help me to be obedient to your word. Help, help me to be mindful of it. That's why the word said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light into my path. Greater thy tender mercies, O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgments. You plant the word of God in your heart so that when you are ordering your day, the steps of your day, iniquity does not have the dominion over you. It doesn't have the authority over your life. If we are not ordered by the word of God, iniquity, sin, wrong, evil will have the authority in our life. It's as simple as that. Ordered steps are intentional. They're sought out and they are set. They are, they're obedient steps taken in response to the word so that iniquity or sin or wrong doesn't take the authority in, in our life. <clears throat> ordered, ordered steps keep certain harmful, harmful things out and certain good things in. The word, if you would, acts as an insulator um, in our life that it enables us to withstand the external pressure by having that internal support within us that the word of God enables us to live in a carnal world. When we feel the pressures, we don't succumb to the pressures because we have been sustained by the word of God that's been planted within us. Ordered steps keep us in a place and in a way that is pleasing to God. Now, tonight, I, I just want us to make a plan and it's going to seem very simple and I want it to be very simple and very practical. A plan to be intentional, in other words, to put things in place and practice that can and will make a difference in our life and the life of others. So let it be, uh, let it be that we conduct ourselves in this manner. Let's break it down and look at it. The first way that we conduct our life is to live joyfully. Amen. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Yes. When we are joyful, this is something I think, this is something I, I think that the Pentecostal church needs to come to a greater understanding of. Because we have often accentuated, everybody say amen. Um, we have often accentuated that the initial sign, and it is, the initial sign of the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost 
is with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That is biblical and that is correct. But what is just as biblical as speaking in tongues is the joy of the Spirit that comes with the infilling of the Holy Ghost in our life. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, there should be joy in your life. Anybody else believe that? Anybody else agree with that? When we are joyful, it is noticed and it is contagious. It demonstrates and it communicates that there is more to this life than just the difficulties that we feel that we're so often tethered to. When I am joyful, I am demonstrating out of the spirit within me that there is something greater than everything that's around me. Being joyful is not a false front or, or just a put on, but rather it's an understanding and it's a determination of the spirit that we know that we are not tethered to this world, that we are not confined to what the world tells us that we are, that we have to be, but we have the joy of the Holy Ghost within us. And that joy should be seen, that joy should be felt. To be joyful is not predicated on circumstances. And, and I think this is where we get confused sometimes because we want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. But happiness often can be hinged to whatever circumstances might be. Whereas being joyful, it, it's, it's, it is, it's about the spirit. Um, it's not predicated on circumstance, but it's the result of the assurance and the hope that we have in the Holy Ghost. Something deep within us that knows no matter what. We are saved, we have hope, we have God, we have life and that more abundantly. I've always thought, now this is just my mind, I have always thought that heaven would feel, would feel like, uh, if I could get a little taste of heaven down here in the thought process and just the thinking and the hearing, I've always thought that heaven might feel like a bunch of children laughing. Uh, I, there's been often times in this church I've been kneeling down praying and I heard those little kids just running around laughing and giggling. I just have to believe that, uh, I just think that's what heaven feels like. Um, that you know what I mean when I say that it's just joyful. Um, uh, there's nothing that's, that's tainting it. There's nothing that's contaminating. It's just pure. It's just joy. Uh, That's how we are to live our life. We are to live joyfully. Hear me Pentecostal. Hear me Christian. If anybody ought to be joyful in this world, it ought to be you and I. If anybody ought to walk around the mall whenever we get back to the mall, and hopefully you don't have to get back to the mall, but whenever you're walking around anywhere, you ought to have joy. There ought to be the joy of the Lord in your life. God has blessed you. God has kept you. It must be that we conduct ourselves joyfully. And, And that's not just in person. That's online. Amen. That's on a Zoom call. That's on wherever and whoever and whenever we are to be joyful. I believe this with all my heart. I'm thankful that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And with joy, I can draw waters out of the well of salvation. You and I should be joyful. You and I should not, you and I should not be complaining. You and I should not be the ones that's negative. You and I ought to be the ones that are thankful that God is good. He is faithful and we are alive and we have hope. We have joy. Somebody say amen. So we conduct ourselves joyfully and we also conduct ourselves Gracefully, if you would, please. Graciously. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. A courteous, kind, pleasant. That is the definition of being gracious. If you look it up, the first definition is being courteous, being kind, being pleasant. We are to conduct our life as a Christian in a courteous and kind way and pleasant way. 
Um, if we are known by our fruits, then this is a good measurement to know what is being grown in our life. So many good opportunities are lost to be a witness and influence for the cause of Christ when we fail simply to be this way, when we fail, when we fail to be gracious. Um, most of the time, before others ever know your church, before they ever know your doctrine, or before they even know the Savior, they know you. They first know the way that we are. They know the way, the way we conduct ourselves. They, they know our attitude. They, uh, th- they know how we're going to talk. They, they know how we're going to be. They, they know if, if stress is going on, they, they know that we're going to have a, a graceful and gracious attitude. And, and we're going to speak to them in a way that, that's godly. And everybody still with me? Yes. Say all right. Um, somebody told me, matter of fact, they told me this yesterday. Somebody told me that they had to scrape the sticker off their car. It wasn't from our church. Um, it was from another church. And I've got to watch what I'm saying. I forget that these things are online now. Um, somebody, told me that, uh, somebody told me that they had to scrape the sticker off their car. Uh, their wife made them <laughs> scrape the sticker, their church sticker, off their car because of the way that they were driving and honking and, and uh, being at Stop Street. Are you laughing because you're nervous about this? Are you, are you laughing? Okay. Um, uh, is that you? Have you gone back there and thought, I need to take that? They, they're going to know that I'm going to go to family. Uh, help us to understand this, God. We are to conduct our life graciously. Church sticker or no church sticker. We're to conduct our life Graciously, we're to be kind. We're to be, we're to be tender-hearted, courteous. We're to be pleasant, forgiving. Uh, we, we're to be the people that God that, that people want to be around because we have God within us, the hope of glory. Uh, they know that they're not going to get cussed out by you and I. They know that they're going to have a kind word and a forgiving. They they know instead of you condemning them, you're going to pray with them. You're going to love them on the other side of it. Are you following what I'm saying? This is how we are to conduct our life. I think it's important right now, while everything and everybody feels just a little bit out of sort in our culture and our world right now, we need to learn how to conduct our life as a Christian, as a child of God. Before they ever know what I believe doctrinally, I want them to know the Christ within me. Before they ever come to our church, I want them to want to come to our church because they feel something within us. They see something here in our life, a word spoken to them, a kind gesture, a loving way, amen, that would want them to come into this place and know that they can find a home and they can find hope. They can find Jesus Christ because you and I have been kind to them. Kindness is not difficult. We just have to intend it. I recognize the world is difficult right now and everything around us seems to be out of source. But kindness doesn't have to be difficult. It should not be difficult for you and I, the believer. We serve a kind Savior. We serve the Prince of Peace. So we should manifest that same. Gracious, kind, loving, forgiving, pleasant spirit. Let the church say amen. amen. We also conduct our life wisely, if you would. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. We're to conduct ourselves wisely. We, we, seek, we seek godly counsel. We look at the word, and by the word, we know how that we are to live. Not by, 
not by the cues of the world, not by the, uh, not by the dictates of humanity, but we live our life according to the counsel of the word of God. We hear, we listen, and we act on what we know is right to do, and we plan and we purpose it accordingly daily. We determine this is the way that I'm going to walk today. I'm going to be wise in my decisions. I'm going to be wise in my counsel. Hear me, everyone. We don't listen to every counsel out there. I'm very cautious. Now, stick with me on this, and I'm not asking anyone to agree with me on this because I know there are people probably in front of me that disagree with me on this, and that's fine. I'm right, but whatever. Um, I don't listen to everything. I don't, uh, when I'm going down the road, I, I, just, I don't listen to every uh, talk show on the radio. I don't listen to every news program. I, I don't put it in my mind. First of all, I don't believe that you can believe everything that you hear, especially in our day. Uh, but also, I don't want to pick up the traits and the temperament, if you would, uh, of a carnal world that's trying to invest in me by, because of the prince and power of the air, things that I just don't need in my spirit, yes. things that I don't want to become. And, and I'm not going to take counsel from those things when I have the right counsel of the word of God that supersedes anything that man can say. Why is it that we have a, a tendency in our world to, to find the answer here or find the answer there or with that particular person? And, and I'm thankful for the knowledge that God gives to humanity and there's a right place and a right time and a right way to do that. But at the same time in the conduct of my life, can I tell you that you can look, I remember Brother Barger singing up here years ago, I'm using my Bible for a roadmap. It really just is that simple. You can find every wise counsel, every wise answer for your life in the word of God. You can find godly people that you can look at and you can talk to that will tell you good advice. There's some gray-headed folks around this church, some of you younger ones. You'd be good to go and talk with them and find out how they got to where they are now. To know what mountain they had to climb or valley they had to walk through, but they're still standing on the other side of it because of wise counsel. Amen. If we can remember to make uh, the coffee and get to work on time, then we should be more intentional about following the right wisdom and instruction of the word of God. Amen. We'll do, I gotta be careful here. We'll do some things for our job that we won't do for our church. We'll do some things for a paycheck that we won't do. Amen. There's one person clapping back there that we won't do here. How much more important is our eternity than any temporal paycheck? How much more important is our relationship with our savior than to please a a world that is wayward and gone. Amen. I've got a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And I'm going to make sure that I'm investing in the things of the spirit that are going to matter for eternity and not just the temporal time here and right now. Amen. Again, it's, it's intentional and it's not accidental. It's something that, that we determine. We live this life to obtain an incorruptible crown and not just a temporary paycheck. Amen. I know we have to have it all, but I understand this. I must make heaven. I must make heaven my home. Ecclesiastes said that there was a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered a city by himself. To conduct ourselves wisely can deliver people to God. I'm going to repeat that. To conduct ourselves wisely can deliver people to God. If the prayer of one prophet can turn the tide of a nation then never underestimate the power of the Holy Ghost within you to make an impact on others and the world when you live and pray and be wise in Jesus' name. I believe that. I believe one person in this house, I believe one person in this house can pray effectively 
and turn the world upside down. I believe that. We are to conduct ourselves steadfastly. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stay steady. Conduct your life steadfastly, faithful, not steadfastly stagnant. And this is where I think, um, this is where I think the confusion can come in. We are not to be steadfastly stagnant, but we are, we are meant to be abounding. There, there's meant to be something that is growing. Come on, we are not keepers of a museum here. Yes. Everybody hear me? Come on. We are not keepers of a museum. Yes, we are in a season right now that is difficult, but we are not keepers of a museum in the church. We're not just keeping things status quo and, and keeping things just, just the same. So I, I serve a God. Well, God changes not. The church is always progressing. He's always meant for the church to grow. And so we're not just, we're just not coming in here week after week and making sure everything stays the same. And every, uh, if God says move, we move wherever the wind blows of the spirit. That's what we're going to do. Come on. We need, we need to understand this. We are not to be uh, steadfastly stagnant, just stale in the spirit, but we are meant to abound. We are meant to stand strong. We are meant to be what God has called us to be alive and active. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That means the church is moving against the stationary gates of hell. Somebody with me right now. Amen. God meant for you and I to have a, a, a tenacity, a, a, de- a determination in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Your labor's not in vain. Um, uh, all, all that you are, all that you believe, all that you do live, it, it's not in vain. It, it's not futile. There is a reward there's a reward for it. Can I tell you, th- those people who have made the greatest impact on my life were people who were steadfast, who were faithful, who were consistent, who were always growing in grace in God. They were not grouchy and they were not stubborn. There is a difference. There's a difference between being steadfast and being stubborn. They were just simply always. They were always there. Uh, good and bad, thick and thin, high and low. They were always faithful. The people that made the greatest impact in my life, they were always there. I seen them go through bad days. I seen them go to the altar and pray when it was difficult, but I also seen them stand up and rejoice. Even when there was adversity, they prayed, they were there every service. They lived the life. You knew it in the church and outside the church. It didn't matter where they were. They were still the same person. That's who God is calling us to be steadfast. Steadfast, unmovable, but we're abounding. We're, we're growing in God. We're, we're finding more in the spirit. There's more in the word. There's, we're hungry for the Holy Ghost. Right, right. Amen. Amen. Because our labor is not in vain. Don't, don't let the way of this world and all of its residue make you feel that you are living and, and who you are and what you are living is, is making no difference because it does make a difference. I've always felt, and I still believe this to be the truth, that if the church was taken out of the world right now, if you and I were taken out of the world, the, the flood tide of evil and wrong that would run rampant would be, it, it would be incalculable. But, but the church, because the church remains, the church remains believing, the church remains faithful. That's why I, I felt, and I, I know I've referred to it a lot tonight, but I, I felt like I need to as I talk about our conduct. That's why I felt um, throughout this uh, latter part of what we've been going through in this season, that no matter what we have to do to have church, we continue to do it because if we don't do it, there will be someday that somebody would look at us and say, well, you didn't think it was important then. Why do you feel that it's important now? 
So we keep doing what we're doing while we're able to do so. There may come a day that we find things change quickly as we have, and it may be different. But right now, we can stand steadfast. And right now, we can still believe this and hold on to this. Come on. For a generation that possibly could be, should the Lord tarry. Amen. Because he has called us to be uh, the stewards of this dispensation of grace that we are in right now. You and I have been given something profound that other generations have not. You and I, uh, you and I are, are, are the ones that can stand and say, amen, to God be the glory. He has kept us and he will keep us. And we remain steadfast. So don't let the enemy tell you that uh, what you live and what you believe and, and how you feel in the Holy Ghost is not real or that it's not making a difference because it does, because the church is making a difference. Others know that it's not just you, you they can count on uh, to be steady, but, it, but it's what's in you that they can count on. Jesus Christ, the, the hope of glory. Um, I, I've, I've found now after pastoring this many years, and, and obviously so I'm now in my past 30 years of pastoring, uh, that I'll be in the community and, and just recently, and somebody will walk up to me that's not in the church and and they'll come up to me and they'll call me pastor and they'll say, pastor, would you pray for this? Uh, because they've learned that, that there's something that we have stood for at this church and they want the church to pray about. People at your job are seeing that in you. People at the school are, are knowing that's in you. People are counting on what is in you, not necessarily just you, but what is in you, the, the Christ, the hope of, of glory. And that's why we remain. We remain steadfast. We stand established, strengthened. And settle. So tonight, make a plan. Determine this is the way you're going to be. You're going to be gracious. You're going to be kind. You're going to be wise. You're going to conduct yourself in a way that, that you're joyful and you're going to remain steadfast because the world, the world desperately needs that witness right now. They desperately need our voice to be that for them. They desperately need you to look at them and to know that there is hope, that there is life for them, that there's joy that they can have as well. That the one who's on drugs and the one that's a drunk, the ones that can't seem to find their way, they can, fi they can find deliverance in Jesus Christ. The one whose marriage or family's fallen apart, they can look at you and know that if, that if you made it, then so can they. They need hope. Young people, people that are dying, people that are lost, need you to determine that you're going to live for him. Go back, if you would, to Psalms 143. Cause me, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For indeed do I trust, cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. In the morning, in the morning, hear his loving kindness. Let him, let him tell you how, how to walk and to live each day. Before you look at the social media, before you post on the social media, before, before you make the phone call, before you answer the email or you respond to the text, before you walk out that door, before you send those kids off to school or you start the, start the school in your home, Take that moment and, you, and, and kneel down and bow your head and, and open the book and read the word and pray the prayer and start the cadence of the day in a right manner. It will make all the difference when you seek him in the morning, the loving kindness of God in the morning because you put your trust in him and, and, and then you know the way that you should walk, the way that you should conduct yourself, the, the words you should say and the words that you should not say, the attitude to have, the joy to have. And you put, your, you put your soul in the right place and in the right purpose and in the right plan and you, you decide this is the way that I'm going to live. This is the way that I'm going to think and this is the way that I'm going to be. You put your life in his hands. And can I tell everybody in the sound of my voice that he will not let you down. God will 
not fail you. Musicians, if you would, please come. I wonder if right now, sitting in that pew just for a moment, if you just lift your hearts and your hands and, and once again, you would begin to talk to God. God, I need you to help me in my mind. Come on, and maybe you've been struggling in this. Maybe you've been struggling to get your day right. Maybe you've been struggling with your attitude. I'm finding that right now with a lot of people. They're just struggling with their attitude. They're just struggling with their talk and their, their thinking. And, and, and they're, they're, they're obviously oppressed and opposed by a world that, that's coming against them. Come on, pray. God, help me to think right. Come on, man. Be the leaders of your home and, and let it be that you're thinking right for your, for your wife and your kids. And, and, and you ladies, let it be that you're, you're setting the atmosphere there so that it's godly and so that it's pleasing. And, and, and children, let it be, if you're in the sound of my voice, that you've decided that, that God is the way that you're going to live and his word and his plan. Come on, somebody pray with me right now. God, we need you in every way, in every day, in every aspect of our life, Lord. We, we can't make it without you. God, we need you to order our steps. God, to help us to think on these things, not just, not just when we're at church on a Sunday or, or, or when we're together on a Wednesday, but God, let it be that every day, every day we think on these things and that the Holy Ghost is stirred up within us and we're, we're easily convicted and we're easily stirred, God, that we might be saved by it, that we might conduct our life, we might conduct our life, God, in, in a way that's pleasing to you. God, that we might be joyful. Oh, Lord, that we might be joyful in you daily. Come on, pray that prayer. God, help me to, be, to live joyfully, to be thankful, to be, to be thankful, God, to, to be joyful about where I'm at and what I'm doing and, and the job you've given me and the, and the life you've allowed me to live and the people around me and the church that I attend. Come on, be joyful about it. It may not always be perfect. People are not perfect, but you can be joyful living for God and, and then pray and ask God, God, help me to live graciously. Help me to live graciously, God, in a way that I'm, that I'm courteous and I'm pleasant and I'm kind and, and, and God, that I, might, that I might be what you called me to be because, Lord, that's your will for me to be gracious and help me to live a, a wise life, Lord, to seek counsel through your word and, and from those that are godly. Help me to be obedient to it, God. Order my steps in your word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me, Lord. Help me to live wise, God, and help me to be steadfast, Lord, unmovable and abounding in you. I thank you, God. I'm going to seek you every morning because God in you is the right way. In you is hope, Lord. And I believe this, God, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I love you, Lord. Oh, God, I pray. It's your kindness, God. Not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. God, stir us up. And if we strayed, God, help us to come back to these principles of your word. How many come back to these things, God, that we believe? that we know is right, that we know, Lord, that, that they bring us life and hope and joy and peace. I pray encourage and discourage tonight, God, those that are struggling right now. Lord, lift them up and help them to know they can live victorious in you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Come on, sing this. You are good.